0: Doesn't it seem
1: Hi, hello, 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 hello,
2: and we are still (laughs) in Santa Monica.
1: I like I'm liking the studio vibe here.
2: Oh, yeah, this is really nice.
1: We we sort of um, not labored, but worked hard on figuring out where to go, how to do it, what equipment to use. And you have this like, I mean, this looks like we know what we're doing. It's
2: great. Well, you do. (laughs) You do know what you're doing. Oh, right. right, right.
1: (laughs) Um, Oh, that's driving me crazy.
2: Uh, I have a drapery upstairs that does that, and it, uh, I find myself spending time adjusting it, and yesterday I was like, you know, you really got to stop spending your life adjusting draperies.
1: That's a good mantra to live by. However, I, did, I think I adjusted it to uh, satisfaction. All right, welcome, welcome to an episode of Everybody and Their Mother Has a Podcast. I'm Rick Sorkin.
2: I'm Sharon Koppelman.
1: That's my mom. I'm the mom. Uh, so we had a week off of the show. Um, it
2: flew by. It
1: was a result of, uh, you know, coming back from the desert and moving in back home and uh, work craziness.
2: People were working yeah, and working and working.
1: It's such a distorted, disorienting reality. Loving it. We spoke about it last week, so I don't want to belabor the point, but this like jarring difference into like this new thing that sure feels a lot like the old thing, but for sure <laughs> isn't the old thing and for sure won't end up being the old thing. But don't worry about it, we'll figure it out. But also don't talk to strangers. But you know, talk to strangers cause we gotta get along. But also like cross the street, but bring your mask, but don't bring your mask because, you know, I'm wearing a mask for you guys, but you think I'm a dude. <laughs> so maybe I should take my mask off. It's like a whole it's like a whole thing, you know?
2: It's a lot. It, there's a lot going on and it's all undertowed. So,
1: undertow. people
2: are walking around, like, well, we're everyone's trying to acclimate and get comfortable with what's going on in each person's life now. And it's, um, and, and then you suddenly remember there's a pandemic.
1: <laughs> I saw my best friend last night. We hung yes. out for the first time in my place since, since the last, he was the last person, Mark, that I saw before lockdown, March 8th, 2020. And yesterday, sometime in the first week in June, we hung out again in person in my apartment and played music. The bookends of hanging out and playing music was March eighth, twenty twenty to June whatever. Today's the fifth. June fourth, twenty twenty one. So and a year and a quarter. So
2: you you can compare that the first time you hung out with him in the scenario, did you was when? yesterday march, no the first time march
1: the last time i hung out before pandemic before the, was march uh, 8th, so march it was 7th 2020 so before the
2: pandemic it was before we um skedaddled out of the
1: the skedaddling was months later like the into, time uh,
2: no i was skedaddling into our own homes
1: yes that's a nice way of putting it it sounds so. It sounds so pleasant when you. you hey, listen, it's the CDC. We're just going to go ahead and need everyone to skedaddle back into their own homes for say, I don't know, eighteen months. And if you just uh, all lay low, we'll be fine. It would have been much. Le- oh, there was an article about men who have had coronavirus being something like six times more likely just to, to experience erectile dysfunction. They should have led with that. <laughs>
2: they would have all gotten vaccinated if last
1: March it went like this it went listen this coronavirus thing we think it affects your lungs it's It's probably going to kill it's for sure going to cause erectile dysfunction for a portion of you the best thing you can do is stay Stay home home. while we develop a vaccine it would have been crickets and tumbleweeds on the streets
2: crickets and shit my new country album
1: crickets and tumbleweeds
2: and I read this morning
1: that hold on a second that is not a bad album title. I got a lap steel a lap sorry. Um yeah, a lap steel guitar during during the pandemic in the desert, so I got real, real countryfied. Um and now everything I think of musically is in the context of like
2: I'm looking at your hair to see what's countryfied. What do you mean? You said you got countryfied. I'm looking to see if you have a countryfied hairstyle.
1: You mean like a mullet?
2: I don't know. I'm looking to see.
1: I I mean, I'm just saying like the desert, desert does things, (laughs) D-Man. I came back from the desert and went to the first public event I went to. Yes. Weed was WeedCon. Yes. It was a convention, outside convention with like a couple hundred people and probably 40 or 50 like brands, like vendors. And I had the privilege of walking booth to booth. Like, here's a bumper sticker. Here's a patch. Instead, it was like, here's an eighth of the best weed in the world. Here's like, and so it was this extremely disorienting experience for a million reasons. But I hear some music. and I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't heard live music, live music. for a year and change, year and a half, year and a quarter. Um, And sort of just followed the music. And it was this very low-key setup, you know, like a little tent and a four-piece band. And it was Robbie Krieger from The Doors on guitar, just jam, just jamming, just playing. Did I tell you about this? I don't think I told you about this.
2: Well, <laughs> I don't think I would have forgotten that.
1: I agree. That's what, from your reaction, I realized I had, forgot to tell you. It was like, oh my gosh.
2: That's a pretty good introduction to live music after it, how long.
1: And and the, the show I saw, the last show before lockdown was Santana in Vegas. So it was this very 60s um, you know, vibey thing.
2: Not my favorite band, Santana. Sorry,
1: I've never heard anybody say that. You're either a fan or you don't say anything.
2: So you're talking about walking around WeedCon? Is that what you called it?
1: WeedCon, like a Weed convention.
2: WeedCon, And it, <laughs> it made me think of when I was at Nam with a a badge. Um, That's like the National Mecca. Association and
1: music manufacturers.
2: Music manufacturers. And
1: North American music manufacturer.
2: Everybody was there. Everybody.
1: Oh, right. Well, and yeah. our,
2: our cousin uh, Helene, I don't know how it led back to this, but the corn was sitting at the table.
1: The band corn? Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Signing autographs. And I don't know somehow how she knew. It, and she said, oh, I must have pasted it when I used to be on FB. And she said, That's my favorite group. <laughs> it's like, and then after the whole thing was over Oh, I have many stories about that trip. When the whole thing was it was in California and Anaheim every Anaheim year. and when the it wasn't always every year, but at that point it was year after it year. It wasn't
1: always every year. It,
2: I'm sorry, in Anaheim. It wasn't always in Anaheim. Anyway, let me go <laughs> let me go back and then afterward there was a party for the the group that I was there with um, who who make guitars and drums, and we went to hear guitarists that bought the equipment from this company.
1: They're sponsored, and it was probably. the
2: five of the best guitarists in the world and it was on sunset boulevard uh-huh. and it was it's and a the well yes the thank you Whis- i knew you'd fill that in from here i think it was like
1: joe satriani <laughs> and steve Vai and um jeff beck might have been there it was it was like
2: no i don't think so no. but i wish i i wonder if it's like somewhere on my computer or in my photos or That's whatever cool. but by the time we finished up on the floor and we got there. It started at two thirty in the morning. Oh, after everyone had been up for three days working,
1: I don't know. So I was like, I don't know if anybody would possibly keep up with that schedule.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> Music manufacturers don't not, like not
2: this group. They were they were on their. F- f- I mean, I can't speak for every.
1: Now who's being naive? All right, okay, what's
2: next? All right. <laughs> Have a story, but I don't know if I can tell it.
1: Well, I I just did the same thing. I was like, I will see your Nam story and, and call you, raise you, you know. And I'm like, maybe no no good good can come from this.
2: <laughs> I uh, okay, I'm going to tell this story, but we we can cut it out if it turns out to be not. I'll
1: see how I feel about your story, that, and, and I'll determine if I want to maybe tell my. So
2: there was something called Nam TV, and. Every and everybody stayed in the same hotel. I don't remember where we where it was, um, not important. And in the morning you turn on the TV and you'd see all the events of the day and who was oh, introducing cool. what and what time the conferences were and just the whole schedule. And they had ads that they had made themselves about themselves. And um, <laughs> um the friend, the guy friend I was with at the time, uh, left to go off to start working, and I had the TV on in in the morning, and they had um, a, a self-made infomercial, mm-hmm. and it showed a woman who was well endowed in a in a spaceship talking about something who knows what, and. She, there's no gravity. So you can imagine with certain clothing and no gravity, I'm watching this thing and I'm like, oh, this is so annoying. And later when we were having dinner, I said, so I saw this commercial this morning. It was the most disgusting, annoying, actually insulting, horrible thing i've ever seen and my friend says wait first i have to tell you when i saw this morning is the best funniest thing i've ever seen in my life and of course it was the same the commercial, same commercial. Yeah. i thought you're
1: gonna say that they <laughs> they created that commercial no, but- <laughs> that's the danger at conventions industry conventions you're like you like randomly like oh i saw the worst fucking movie last night and you're like uh, i wrote that movie and you're like um don't i'll just let myself no,
2: out no it was like girl view boy view
1: Right, right.
2: Meanwhile, right. I remember the commercials. The only thing right. I remember from Nam TV for
1: the, well, the whole time. it's actually there's a there's an insight in that, right? Like the buyers are largely men, so the marketing for them is that worldview.
2: Or women are tough enough that they don't care, or they agree.
1: Either they're tough enough, or they don't care, or they agree. But it's not designed for them, right? The 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 campaign. Are
2: was, you saying it's a man's world?
1: I'm saying that environments like that are still a man's world, but don't need to be.
2: Well, this, of course, was many years ago.
1: Like, here's, like, insight-wise, like, in this cannabis business, like, here's this interesting thing. Historically— We'll be the judge of that. Hist- what? The judge of what? <laughs>
2: he said, here's a really interesting thing. I'm sorry.
1: I yeah, we, so we like... will be the judge of that. You're right. <laughs> okay, so cannabis is, is legal in a bunch of states and will become federally legal at some point relatively soon. And as each state changes, like, they're catching up— either with draconian laws, changes, or just cultural commerce. Just, you know, what do the stores look like? How do they, like, the whole thing is um, pretty exciting but new. And so it's a bunch of, like, hey, hey community, please come in and buy this product, right? But it's not a hard product to sell, right? It's, like, (laughs) weed. Like, you just kind of open the doors and some amount of people will come in and buy it. Okay. But to attract, like, new audiences, you have to be, like, mindful of what a shopping experience is and who you're who you're marketing to and there's this insight that culturally and pre-legalization largely women don't pay for weed they just never have
2: i i'm not sure i think i know where this is going why don't women pay for weed because they get it at a party and it's already there
1: or like it's just like a It just is a cultural thing that occurred, whether it's sexist or feminist or friendly or divisive or who knows. But they just kind of like the guys always sort of buy or have the weed. Now,
2: why would a man show up to see a woman with weed? Hmm.
1: And I'm saying maybe it's divisive and maybe it's just bringing
2: a bottle of
1: something. Exact same thing. Going out to a party with wine.
2: (laughs) Yes, but
1: women purchase wine more often than women historically have purchased cannabis. Okay. So as it gets legal and is sold and marketed like any other product would be, there's this entire missing tone-deaf portion of this business where the packaging looks like it's for 20-year-old gamers, 25-year-old gamers, or like dude bros. Like it's not designed the same way that you walk into a Sephora or an Apple store or even a Starbucks and there's intentional – point of purchase, there's intentional flow, there's colors, there's things that make everyone want to buy something. Makes sense. So it's just, um, all I said was I think it's interesting, and I still think it is. Of course it is. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, but I'm tying it back to your, that Nam commercial. Is
2: any of it based on, um, 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 background of cultural backgrounds, or What based on? Is the sales, um, techniques the sales that are development tools that are used is it based on um you're saying it's not based enough on, ge- on gender it's largely aimed at at men is it also based on um people of different cultures
1: yeah i think that's a, a astute point and it's a we could probably do an entire cannabis specific podcast about about this stuff like a whole series and i am not i i'm not a subject matter expert i know the marketing side and I know enough to be dangerous in this conversation so I don't speak for everyone certainly as a white guy Uh, the cultural shift from whether it's a a, a black market sales or medicinally legal or even recreationally legal to a, a walking into a store that feels like a CVS or an Apple store or something right there's that like shift that shift is is heavily funded and it's heavily funded in a way where like institutional bankers or venture capitalists or certain types of entrepreneurs are pumping that money in. And those people tend to look a certain way because the goal, of course, is inclusivity and uh, equity and equality and making sure that, because cannabis itself is a culture, right? And there's intersectionality with- I didn't
2: think of that. So my my point is just curiosity of, pardon me, how it's marketed now that in places where it's legal- um. This it. It's a new script that's being written, that's and I'm right. wondering if this new script is considering, um, is considering different lifestyles, different types of people, different different groups.
1: There's some, and I'm. And I, I do not really
2: know much about it. It just I, I tend to look through that lens whenever it occurs to me. I try. To examine things based on that, yeah, because it's it's very easy to live inside your own space and not pay attention to the fact that other people have other needs, think differently, and just just was interested from a marketing point of view.
1: You know, what's funny is a um, a marketer, a professional marketer with a good track record and a, a adult lifetime cannabis smoker and i still hesitate to act like a subject matter expert because it sounds like mansplaining or like a white guy mansplaining oh. so you've hit on like so working i, I work in the space <laughs> no it's a lookout and it's a filter i can't un. i've always had it affixed and <laughs> now it's like um so it's funny I Excuse almost me,
2: but that's good because that leaves room for other people to breathe and yes. they can come up with their own things and even if somebody is an expert on the field they don't tell people everything because
1: and, and they don't it, call it, themselves subject matter experts because like <laughs> right? it's like absurd right well the subject matter expert but I can say that there are conscious conscious brands there are a number of black owned cannabis companies that have um, marketed themselves as such there are you know vegan companies organic companies or things that are are intentional um, I saw packaging that had um, braille on it I thought that was that was pretty cool um so there are people thinking about this but not not uh mostly <laughs> not mostly thinking about that
2: not mostly well it's and it, and it's 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 new it's very new so there's a lot of potential for doing it in an in an inclusive way so so i read in the business news this morning some some good news that i i really think is um It points to what's going to happen and as people go out into the world and people are vaccinated and things are better, it turns out that the report says that the sale of lipsticks and condoms has increased substantially. Oh, it's great. So I think that's all we need to know.
1: Great. I'm cycling through the first seven jokes I'm thinking of and just trying to find some (laughs) appropriate responses nope I got nothing
2: (laughs) oh good
1: can I share a song with you
2: (laughs) that didn't go over very well
1: no I think it's great Uh, (laughs) I'm gonna uh, change the subject to uh, this song is um, called plant based disaster and this is about the experience of uh, being a vegan and getting excited for some food only to find out it's not quite vegan (laughs) Thank you
0: the business wants to keep us so we're going
2: home <laughs> <laughs> um, okay so thanks for the song
1: yeah you're welcome it's I great i don't know who, i don't know who that's for but that's what's coming out so i think
2: it's a terrific song though thank I you i enjoyed it
1: i like the production it came together nicely it's got a good groove
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's got a good groove i'll give it a what
1: um, you'll give it a what? A what? What do you mean?
2: They used to say, "I, it's, I can dance to it." I'll give it a seven.
1: Oh, oh, oh. okay. You out of what?
2: I'm not saying <laughs> that you're <no. laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, shoot, we haven't seen your art in a while. Will you show us? We we could we do like a gallery show next show? Could you pick like three or four different pieces of art and we'll walk through and we'll make the show about a little mini gallery?
2: You think that would be interesting?
1: I guess we'll find out.
2: Sure, I would love to.
1: Okay. I just realized I haven't seen a painting in a few weeks.
2: I know. I thought about that, actually. But I wasn't going to bring it up because I didn't bring a painting with me.
1: (laughs) Nice. Well, this show is all over the place.
2: I know. And you know what? But we're all over the place. So this is the way it is. That's life.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's life. I love you. I love you. Thank you so much for joining us. And don't forget to call your mother and subscribe. And subscribe. And subscribe.
0: Doesn't it sound?